metronome. Okay, so. <laughs> well, this will be a fun and entertaining moment. Uh, this is, uh, my name's Linnea, and I have here with me. I'm Melissa. Yeah, and we're fishing. Ice, Ice fishing. fishing. <laughs> right now. Um, and what better opportunity than to record a first episode than while you're ice fishing. <laughs> So, uh, we can talk about a few things, whatever. Um, we've already seen some action with the fish. Yes. Big action. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there is video of it. Um, Melissa caught a fish, pike, and pulling it up the hole. And the next thing we know, it's going down the other hole. <laughs> like, it's up, out, nowhere. I'm gone. Jumped off the hook. <laughs> and then I, like a savage, thrust my arm down the hole and I grab it and I pull it back up that hole <laughs> so hey at least we have a good story to tell that was awesome <laughs> there was a, some celebration and some tears and then some more celebration <laughs> yeah it was, it was awesome and i love that it's on video at some point oh, maybe i'll have to share that yeah. um but yeah so anyways i guess this is an introduction um not sure exactly what total layout i'm going to do with this eventually but uh right now this is a uh, getting high with true crime um, combining a couple of our favorite, uh, uh things. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's been good. Yes. Okay, so I guess for our first episode, I wanted to pick something kind of, something that I knew about, but would have loved to learn more about a little bit. Um, and it's, uh, an actual, it's a case from my hometown where I used to live. So, uh... Here we go. This one is the Mandan murders. <clears throat> so Maurice Mandan, age 46, and his wife Susan, age 41, had been married for five years. Uh, this was Maurice's third marriage and Susan's second marriage. Uh, the couple had a cottage just outside of the town of Valleview, Alberta. That's in Canada, in case anybody outside of North America hears this. <laughs> It's just down the street. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. Um, <laughs> Valleview is a small town in northwestern Alberta. has a population of about 1,800 people right now. Um, that, I find, tends to fluctuate depending on what season it is because they also house a lot of firefighting camps and, of course, oil field related. Um, uh, and the town has gone through many changes over the years. Uh, like, looking at it now, it looks nothing like what I remember when I grew up. Well, some of it does, but for the most part, there we now have fast food places that aren't like some mom and pop name. There's actually Dairy Queen. There's Tim Hortons. There's A and W now. I think that's it. I could be wrong. There could be more, but um, there's yeah, there's a few places that are new and more modernized of a town. It's growing. Yes. Slowly. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> Growing in some places, dying in others. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, um, I grew up there for most of my childhood. Um, and then I finally moved away when I was about 21, I think. Uh, so this is a story, f uh, from there that is something that's always kind of piqued my interest and I've always wanted to kind of learn more about it, but never really did until now. So I guess let's get into it. So Maurice and Susan had three kids uh, in their blended family. Gavin was age 15, Janelle age 10, and Islay uh, 
I guess. I don't know how you say that. Yeah, age 12. All three children were Susans from a previous marriage, uh, and Maurice was their stepfather. Gavin's biological father, uh, Ian McLean, uh, was, had been described as abusive. I just thought I would throw that point in there because for some of the readings that, um, I did find they, some people suspected that maybe that had a role play on Gavin's behavior. Mm, that would make now. sense. Uh, so Gavin was described as a very smart child, but that he had tendencies to show violent and aggressive behavior. Uh, one account that I did come across was that he had been reported for chasing his siblings with a hockey stick and at another time with a knife. Um, it had been noted that Gavin really despised doing his chores or having to go to church. So obviously those were some things that really bothered him and caused him to act out. So on the day of August 6, 1991, Maurice, Susan, and Gavin's two sisters had drove into town, so Valleyview, to do some shopping. Gavin had stayed behind at the cottage, and after a few hours, the family came home where Gavin was waiting for them. So Maurice pulled up to the driveway and put the car into park, and as he was getting out of the car, I guess Gavin took a rifle, a twenty-two rifle, and shot Maurice in the head. Gavin then turned the gun on his mother, Susan, and shot her. Uh, before walking up to the car and shooting Maurice a second time. He then waited for Susan to look at him uh, before delivering the fatal shot that killed her. Gavin then approached his sisters, who were in the back seat, and shot both of them at point-blank range. Gavin had just killed his whole family. Gavin then tried, uh, tied Maurice's body to the back of an ATV and drove it out about a mile away into some tall grass. He then went back to the body of his mother, Susan, took out a knife and cut open her dress and undergarments, exposing her body for the world to see. There had been no signs of sexual assault, um, uh, but after that, Gavin then drove the car containing the bodies of his sisters and his mother and hid it in a group of trees. After this, Gavin then decided to go back into the cottage where he watched TV for the next couple hours. Uh, it was noted in a couple articles I read was that he had actually considered taking his own life at that point. But I guess he must have decided not to because he stayed there for the next day uh, before packing some clothes, two knives, shotgun, and the murder weapon into the family minivan. Uh, one of the items that was noted again was um, a book by Ray Bradbury called A Graveyard for Lunatics. Haven't read it so I don't really know if that has some sort of thing I to do with it. it. <laughs> yeah see see what you can see about mm -hmm. it. Um, he then set out on his drive to what police determined was going to be um, St. Albert, Alberta because um, I guess they had lived there before that's where they were from. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, so yeah, on his drive, Gavin was spotted by a police officer who thought his driving was a bit erratic and he decided to attempt to pull Gavin over. Gavin refused to stop and soon a high speed chase ensued. Eventually near, uh, Marathorpe, uh, so that's kind of like in between Edmonton and Valleyview, uh, so two hours away from Valleyview or so. Mm -hmm. Police were able to stop Gavin by using a spike strip. 
uh, once he was in custody, he confessed to killing his family. Uh, police then went out to the cottage and discovered the bodies of Maurice, Susan, Islay, and Janelle. To this day, no one truly knows why Gavin killed his family other than he had stated that he was unhappy at home and that he felt like a slave having to do too many chores. He had, yeah. Wow. That's extreme. <clears throat> That's an extreme way to say no to chores, I guess. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, he even admitted that he didn't know why he had actually done it. So, in November of 1993, Gavin pleaded guilty to the charges against him. Uh, he was sentenced to life with a chance of parole after 10 years. While in prison, Gavin changed his name to Gavin Ian McPlain after his biological father. Um, he applied for parole in 2001 but was denied. Um, again, in 2012, he was granted day parole. And then eventually in 2016, uh, 25 years after the murders, he was granted full parole. Uh, the conditions of the parole uh, were that he would need to report any romantic relationships to authorities um, as they were concerned how he would handle rejection because he had never been in that situation at that point. Yeah. yeah, no relationships, no nothing. So they were concerned about that a bit. Um, and that they also, I did read in one spot, but I didn't see it anywhere else, um, was that he was never allowed to return to Alberta. He had to stay out of the province. Um, and so currently nobody knows where he is staying. People look for him, right? But uh, they haven't found him. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's kept pretty on the down low as far as I understand. So he's trying to be a better person. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe they were able to rehabilitate him. I have no idea. That's interesting. That's it just seems like a weird reaction based a on... Of, a lot of rage. Yeah. Hmm. It's weird. But yeah, that's one case that I've always wanted to look into mm -hmm. more so and just find a little bit more about it because like, I knew it had happened. And I knew that it was he killed his family, but that is all I knew at right. that point. Yeah. Interesting how it, well, yeah, we were, what, what, nine, ten, ten, eleven, nine, and ten years old when those happened, so it wouldn't have been mm, in our, like, yeah, right? Yeah, maybe I was a little bit younger yet, I don't know. I can't remember, no, 90, I was in grade three when I was in 90, I remember 89 to 90 it turned don't ask me why I remember this. I just do. And then, yeah, so it would have been, had to have been like, I would have been in grade four. So yeah, it would have been about nine, mm -hmm. nine. I was 10. Yeah. So yeah. Easily been around, right? Yeah. Right around there. Mm -hmm. In your backyard, right? Yep. All this stuff happens in your backyard. <laughs> just like, oh, yeah. Strange. Alberta's had some interesting whole family murder situations. Yeah, they have, haven't they? There's been a few. Yeah, multiple. Yeah, and well, some, like, I mean, that was close to home, because it was hometown, but mm -hmm. then the other, one of the other ones I know about is out at Stetler, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Was it his parents? Yeah, and I think there was, like, a sibling involved, mm -hmm. too. 
I can't remember exactly what it is. I know if I look through stuff I'd written down, I'd probably be able to find out which one it was again. But I can't remember off the top of my head right now which one it is. Could also be because I'm a little on the high side. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they are good these times, aren't they? (laughs) Yes, yes, they are. I like them a little better. Easier. Totally. Yeah. Less harsh. Yeah, not as crazy. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'll I'll roll a joint and I'll I'll smoke that too, but these vape pens are a little just, they're more handy, less work. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, but so far that is that's the first one of the first stories. I have two more that I'm one that I have finished. I want to just go over it and retouch through and just make sure I've covered what I want to cover on it. Mm-hmm. And then the other one I've got to see if I can line up some interviews for yeah, that I mean is it, it was originally the the one I wanted to be like the pilot episode because for some reason I just felt more connection to that one but um Brian Stuka and the fact that he's still missing that case I've actually talked to his mom mm-hmm. and we did talk about potentially maybe interviewing his dad because nobody's really interviewed his dad so much like his mom uh she's been very much she more in the forefront and yeah she just right. released that not that long ago yeah, so that's one I gotta get on my reading list too. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, if, if you guys haven't read up about Brian Stuka and his missing case, um, it's it's a really interesting one because really nobody knows at all what happened. So he just yeah, it's like he just disappeared in thin air. So yeah. we'll have to see. Probably. Hopefully, something comes where we can get answers that would be nice Mm -hmm. um but yeah other than that that's all i've got going on right now (laughs) for for this and we'll definitely be changing and evolving the show through time Mm -hmm. once i nail down things or i find new this or that that i really want to just include yeah was that a fish it it might have been i i think we missed one you guys can't see but we have uh there's under. a camera down there under the ice and so we can watch her hooks and I'm pretty sure I just saw Pike swim by. <laughs> Got all our lines in. What? Fish. Fish are fine. Oh, Kathy. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I have my eight-year-old with us and she's uh, strange. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear the growls, but that's her. Uh, she may have turned feral. We may need help. It may be a zombie situation. <laughs> oh, I think the boys are back. But yeah, so that is it for now. That's not that. That could be Ray. That does sound like his truck. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> everybody is like listening to like nothing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there'll be changes and stuff, and of course, um, I will have stuff set up on Facebook and whatnot at some point here, and we can actually start talking with you guys. And if you guys have suggestions or whatever, that would be great. Or you know, hey, maybe some listener stories, and 
anecdotes that we can go through. Yeah, and if you can suggest any new strains that are good, let us know. Oh yeah, the, the, the whole other part of the podcast. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. There it is. <laughs> that hit hard. Okay, anyway, so yeah, that's that's it. That is all. That is getting high with true crime. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for coming.